still got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan Tom. Tom, no Ross Batty, no Will Muir, no Jay, Jay Beardmore, just me and you this week. How are you, mate? Back to the core members. Um, very good, mate. Um, uh, how are you? More importantly, you've not been you've not been too well, which is why we're um, we've taken a couple of weeks to to gather our thoughts on the season. But um, yeah, how are you? How are you holding up? Yeah, so I was um, struck down by um, the coronavirus, as you say. I think for the first time we've been doing this podcast uh, due to quite a bit of weight loss. I encountered. I actually looked like a scrum half. For the first time, um, I'm not not a front row member, but no, I, I, I'm I'm recovered, um, and yeah, recovered from from the season and and from an incredible end to the season. Um, who saw Harlequins winning winning the whole thing? Certainly not me, Tom. Um, but I think we were both pretty pleased to see two West Country West Country rivals. I think we can still can we still call them rivals, even we, though we we kind of didn't even get near them in the season. Lose to Harlequins. Well, I was going to say, I mean, you're only as good as your last game. And we are the, unlike Exeter and Bristol, we ended our season on with a victory and on a high. Um, and obviously both those teams lost to, lost to Harlequins. So who are the real winners, eh? Um, no, it was, it, was a, it was fantastic, wasn't it, from, from Harlequins? They look, like, they look like a team possessed. And I think from a Bath perspective, you can, you know, you can take... You can take some potentially, you know, inspiration from it in that they were down and out. If you look back at January, February, when when Paul Gustard departed, they've been without a director of rugby for that period. So that has to be the question: Do you really need those? Um, and they've they've come back and they were just they were just incredible in 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 both games. Um, Tyrone Green really stepped up. Lewis Liner looks like a real talent on the wing, and then G Marcus Smith, who at one point. We thought potentially could be could be making the trip across the blue, black, and white. He looks absolutely world class as ever. So fantastic performance from from Harlequins. And to be honest, I think from from you know a, a broader fan point of view, nice to see you know a new team and an underdog stepping up, playing exciting rugby, and and, and beating the old guard. Yeah, it was one of those, wasn't it, where the, the name was just on the trophy and kind of everything they did was was just incredible in both of those games to be 28 nil down um, against Bristol. And that was kind of um, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the middle of my coronavirus illness. And that certainly gave me a little bit of a boost to see Bristol toppled in such uh, incredible fashion. But yeah, it just seemed like the name was on the trophy. And you're absolutely right about Marcus Smith. Um, it just shows kind of if, if you do trust these these young these young guys um after a few years it does come good and and he's already such a big leader in that squad and and yeah he he was absolutely fantastic and i think it just shows tom you know you've got to get in the lottery to to have a chance and 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 kind of there was a point in the season for bath where where it looked as though we may scrape into that top four if kind of we, we finish strongly. Um, and who knows what could have happened then, particularly with all the returning internationals we would have had. Um, and it just shows you kind of never know and, and getting in there um, and you can just go on a little run and, and kind of win. But yeah, fantastic from, from Harlequins. Um, but Bath season finished two weeks earlier, obviously, with a, a win against Northampton Saints. We are going to touch on that briefly. Um, and this is going to act as our, our end of season review podcast. So we're going to review the season as a whole. Um, just how disappointing was it? What positives maybe can we take looking ahead to the season? Our three-word review of the season. Some awards. Um, Bath Rugby Plug official awards for the 2020-21 season. Um, and then a look ahead to kind of the makeup of the squad with with, with a number of players leaving, a few arriving, um, and kind of what that means going into a brief look ahead to next season. Um, but Tom, before we get into kind of our overall review, why don't we talk a little bit about Northampton Saints? I know it feels like a long time ago now, um, but a good 30-24 victory for Bath in their final game in front of 
supporters at the rack uh, on a beautiful day at the rack. Um, it was a good performance, I think, from Bath uh, and a kind of good end to the season. Yeah, I think it was a performance really that is 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 a good representation of the season as a whole. You know, some some green shoots in there um, as as we've seen throughout the season. You know, Max Adjoma continues to to, to you know impress massively um, in in the centre. Tom de Glanville, Josh Bayliss, Miles Reed, all featuring quite heavily in that game, and all subsequently being being called up for for international honours very deservedly. But then on the other side of the coin. At, at times, it felt you know it was it was massively defence optional at times from both from both teams. Um, you know, Rory Hutchinson would get the ball in his hands, and we'd all be kind of um, at his feet, just just passive, and 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 it all looked all too easy for a couple of the Northampton Saints tries. And ultimately, G, you know, we have tended to end our season relatively strongly, but it's generally when you know. The chips. There's no real pressure on the game, in particular, especially you know we knew we'd already had that that top eight finish with the the other results um, and the the, the coronavirus um, issues in the other games as well, um, and so there wasn't really a whole lot to 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 play for, and it's all very well playing when there's when there's not a lot of pressure. Mate, um, got to keep them season ticket holders coming back. It's the one. It's the one thing that Bruce Craig and, and Tarkin McDonald demand is a good end of season performance. You're, you're right. We always seem to end really well at the rack uh, in the last game, and it was kind of no different. Just spot on. I think it's as well. We, we, you know, maybe it's the pressure off. Maybe it's you know the last game, so there's caution into the wind a bit more. But we did play with a lot more more freedom than than we have done in the past. You know, guys like Anthony Watson, who at mm. times this season we thought is you know he's not looking at the, quite at his his very best. He's getting the ball in his hand. He's running with it instead of instead of kicking it back. Um, he's he's backing himself. And ultimately, when you get players of that quality doing that, um, you, you you get results and you get tries. And I think the way that we played in that game, but also you know in a, in a couple of occasions towards the end of the, the the season, I think the way we played is 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 definitely encouraging. Particularly you know when when you think we've obviously got um, a certain Danny Cipriani to 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 fit into that that backline to hopefully make it sparkle a little bit more so yeah I think overall kind of you know some some green shoots and good to end the the season with a bonus point win against fifth place Northampton Saints who have, who have showed good form over the season um, but but a little bit too little too late in the context of the whole season yeah for sure and I, I think Cipriani is going to come in and, and, and offer something in attack but is, is, is he going to shore up that that defence which you're right is, is just so porous and, and we're certainly going to come on to talk a lot more about that when, when we review the season as a whole I think it was it was kind of like um, last day of school atmosphere wasn't it at, at the wreck it was kind of buoyant because of the fans um, mm. but also with nothing riding on it um, it, it kind of it didn't necessarily feel like a hardened premiership game. It did feel a little bit almost like a, a pre-season or post-season exhibition game. And, and that kind of played into to, to, to the hands of the guys that, that stood out for me. I think you're right. Anthony Watson was excellent. Um, but I think Ben Spencer was, was just phenomenal. He, you know, he's just so talismanic for that team. Um, and yeah, he, he was excellent on the day, kicking fantastically. Um, I think for our, our our try, which Watson set up, he did a fantastic clearance and then chased the kick, made the tackle, which which kind of put Saints defence in, in disarray. And, and he was immense again. And, and a guy, I think him... Um, and, and Miles Reed in defence were, were excellent. But I think a guy that we've we've really missed, um, who was was excellent, I thought was Ben Urbano. I thought he came back in and, and really offered something. And and kind of his ill discipline, coupled with with Tom Dunn's ill discipline in in, in those in those games where they've got red cards in back to back games um, against London Irish and Wasps. I, I think that kind of really has hampered our our, our end of season and, and kind of we weren't really going to do anything at the end of the season but I think missing those two guys and him coming back really kind of he, he showed just how outstanding a player he is yeah, so those guys which stood out yeah and, and Urbano is, is such an important player not only because of the, the quality that he's you know the quality player that he's grown into but also because in the absence of Lewis Boyce there is a big big drop off as we've said many times and I think what him essentially missing the whole of the whole of May for for his for his ban, I think that was it was really the final nail in the coffin. We needed everything to go our way with sort of six or seven games to go if we were to to challenge for that that top four. 
Um, ultimately, what did we fall? We, we fell um, 19 points below. So it was never really going to happen, given that Quinn's finished strongly. Um, but I think he he is he is so important. Um, and so I was, I was pleased to him sort of see him sort of manage to get one last game of the season under his belt um, and kind of not end the season on 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 a ban and not on his yeah. terms. So seventh in the end, Tom, um, as we as we mentioned, ten wins, twelve defeats. Um, Champions Cup rugby. Now, is that a good thing? I, I, I think so my first question to you is, as we turn to to review the season, I think it was announced this week. Um, that we would be playing two of four teams, either Toulouse or La Rochelle home and away, and Leinster or Munster home and away. Um, so I don't think we're going to get much from that. So is it a positive, or would you rather have taken a bit of a hit come ninth and then maybe had a little run at the the, the Challenge Cup? Where do you where do you sit on on whether finishing seventh was actually a good thing for Bath? I'm a little bit torn on it. I think. Seventh does sound a lot better than ninth is is the first thing I would say, but I, I, I'm probably in the in the latter camp there. I think to be honest, I mean particularly given the way the Champions Cup's going to work next um, next season. So it's 24 clubs um, divided into um, different tiers, um, and the way it works is that we are in the lowest tier, having finished seventh. So it's seventh and eighth in each of the three leagues. We'll finish in that bottom tier. And then the top two from uh, the, the the those leagues are form that tier one, and then the bottom tier plays the top tier, um, which, as you say, means that the draw for us is 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 very very difficult indeed. Um, and essentially, it's a it's a it's a shot to nothing. I mean, we haven't really got a chance of beating the you know the two finalists in La Rochelle and Toulouse, and then um, you know either or one of them, and then one of as you said Leinster and and Munster. Whereas if you look at this season, you think about kind of the, the moments that were exciting as a Bath rugby fan and, and the things that we were getting behind. From quite an early stage, it was clear that we probably weren't going to have a chance of, of getting in the, the top four and, and certainly winning the whole, the whole competition. What I think, you know, when I think morale was really high amongst fans was when we had that decent run in the Challenge Cup when we were through to the semi-final, had Montpellier at home I know you're like a decent runners in what was it? Decent three run. games. We won two games, didn't we? London Irish and Benetton. We were in it. We were in the semi-finals. <laughs> I know. I know. We were in chance. The draw went 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 okay. We had Montpellier at home. We didn't obviously the 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 Ulster game was the one we were trying to avoid. And then if we'd have just managed to get through that game, which we should have done, really, given the how Montpellier started, we would have had Leicester, a team that we beat, I think, twice in 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 both fixtures in the in the Premiership. So. Long, long story short, I mean a bit of ramble, but I, I'm probably would be more excited going into the the Challenge Cup as I think there'll be a genuine chance of silverware. Going into the Champions Cup, it's it's um, it kind of does fill me with a little bit of dread having to play those those teams. Yeah, and I think what, what the way they organise it is as well is that they always organise the European rugby when when we've kind of got. When, when the internationals aren't on. And so it always seems like we're getting these internationals back at a time when, you know, it's probably, we'd probably rather have them for, for the premiership. But I, th- I think I would rather be in, in the Champions Cup. I, I, I just think if we'd finished ninth, it really would have been a hugely disappointing season. Um, and I think we get to go away, don't we, to, to one of those fixtures. And I think that that's all part of the, the, the excitement. Um, and, and can we drop down back into the, the Challenge Cup if we're, when we inevitably do lose? The, oh, yeah. The that's, a, that's, so a, think, that's a very point, yeah. Yeah, so I think if we can drop down, um, have, have the best of both worlds. Um, but I think despite finishing seventh, Tom, it was... Uh, what, we're saying is, what we're saying is we want the tour to La Rochelle or Toulouse, but then we actually want to be in the Challenge Cup. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly yeah, what I'm that's, that's, that's yeah. with that. Um, but I think, you know, seventh or ninth, I think it's just, it's been a hugely disappointing season and a, just undoubtedly like a massive step back for, for this squad, particularly after some promise at the end, the end of last season. Um, and I know kind of people have been getting in touch with us saying that last season maybe wasn't as good as, good as we're saying it was because, 
we actually finished fifth and we got in on the technicality. But I do think we were progressing last season. Um, and I just think we weren't progressing. We just haven't progressed this season. Um, you know, some hugely disappointing moments. I think January, we lost to Leicester 36-31. We lost the Wasps 44-52. And then we lost to Bristol 48-3. That was just a, a horrendous run of, of, of defence and, and kind of performances. Uh, and then, as you say, Tom, the crushing defeat to, to Montpellier at home when, when we just played appallingly badly. Um, and I think ultimately they're the moments that we're going to remember from from this season. And, and whilst we did finish seventh, I think it's been a, a just massively disappointing season. Um, and I think one which has built a huge amount of pressure on on, on the next season. Um, and kind of, if, if as we've spoken about before on this podcast, if we don't show improvements next season, then I think a change will come and I think a change should come in the coaching staff. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's a, that's a pretty fair assessment. I think, you know, on last season, it was a, a slightly artificial last portion of the season. And obviously we didn't have any injuries, which is very uncommon for, for, for Bath and, and for most premiership sides. And obviously we retained all our international players for a decent stint. And, you know, as we've said many times, we are the club, if not one of the clubs, that um, experiences the you know the the most international players um, leave and, and and not playing for for the club. So I think you know those factors made it an, an unusual part of the season. Um, but I think I think you're absolutely right. It has been a step backwards, and I think one of the the big themes that that I I would probably identify um, is that we've 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 just shown this season I think that we are so unable to adapt on the field. We had we have a plan A. We want to bully teams up front. We want to you know win that we want to win the set piece and be dominant. And then where we get the opportunities, we want to um, try and carve up defenses with our with our outside backs. But it's very much founded on on kind of um, a forward oriented game. Our defense is kind of very very structured as well. And I think teams have probably seen that that strategy, um, particularly when we made it through to that top four, and have kind of worked us out a little bit. And what's happened is that I'm thinking about, you know, those the Quinn's results um, and also the Bristol, the two Bristol losses that you mentioned. When teams kind of play um, in a slightly different way that we're not expecting, stretch us defensively and not just run into the kind of big defenders that we have, we're kind of all too easy to, to break down. And then there's no plan B. It's just kind of try harder at, at plan A. And I think that's a big part of this season. We've just not shown that we can, we can, we can change what we're doing on the field. Um, and I think we've become quite predictable and easy to work out for, for opposition teams. And I think that's one of the reasons for kind of the, some of the serious defeats that we've, that we've suffered. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a huge summer to, to kind of get that right. And, and when, when the, when they do come back in for, for pre-season or for um, kind of summer training, it, it, it's a huge, um, as I say, huge off season for for these coaches to to kind of get that right, and, and I think you're spot on. I think the leadership on the field um, kind of has mirrored what appears to be a bit of a lack of leadership off the field, um, and I think that needs to change definitely over the summer. And and kind of the pressures on Hatley and and Williams and 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 and, and, and all of the coaches there to to get that right. Um, Tom, let's just do a little three-word review of the season. Um, and I think it kind of, um, mine comes off the back of that. Um, and I think my three-word review of the season is defence coach needed. Um, and I think it's incredible that there's been no announcement yet. Um, and I think they actually announced the the kind of final squad. And I don't know whether that's the final squad um, of coaches as well, because if there's no defence coach employed, then then it's just a complete, oversight and 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 we there's just no reason to think that that it will change i think our defense was so bad this season so bad we conceded 604 points in 22 matches and that's including two coronavirus cancellations okay so that's 604 points in 20 matches that's an average of 32.2 points and 4.1 tries so an average defensive performance this season for bath is 30 points conceded and a four-try bonus point. An average performance. That is appallingly bad. 82 tries conceded in 20 league games is completely unacceptable and kind of 
yeah, we've shown some glimpses in attack. And yes, there's been some nice academy players come through and we're going to, I will touch on them, but the defence has been woefully bad. And that is why we, we, we finished seventh and no, no higher. And if that's not addressed in the summer, then we kind of, it, it's that same old, you know, definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. We can't expect to go into next season with this coaching setup with no defence coach, no defence coach, and expect to, to, to progress. And, and kind of that's what's been kind of the crux of, of, of everything that's gone wrong for, for Bath this season. And yeah, those stats just kind of underline how porous and how poor our defence has been, Tom. Yeah, and I think if, you, if the league table wasn't based on points and it was based on tries conceded, we would be second bottom with only Worcester below us. No, I think Harlequins were the only team that ended below us on tries conceded. I think Worcester had more, to be fair, because they had like minus, their points difference is like minus, minus 300 or something. But anyway, Harlequins obviously had to play those two games where there were loads of tries in the, in the semi-final and final. And then I know that we, um, out of all 12 teams, have conceded the most tries from set piece. So that is you know, a defensive, that's a structural thing. You can, you can coach that. You can, um, you, and you can improve that. And yeah, you're obviously right. We've said it, we've said it loads of times. A defense coach has, has to come. I didn't read the announcement of the squad to include, include coaches. It was kind of just the players and details of the academy changes as well. So hopefully that is, that's forthcoming because as you say, I think if, if, if we'd ironed out a lot of the defensive issues, um, who knows where we, where we possibly possibly could have finished it it could have been up towards that 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 top four what's your three word review of the season then Tom I've gone for same old feeling I just feel like it you know as, as I mentioned it's kind of similar emotions to to we've we've, we've had throughout the season and in previous seasons um, we're always an opt- optimist on this this podcast and I think there are genuinely things to Things to be excited about, particularly some of the the you know the, the younger guys that are that are coming through. Cipriani obviously is going to going to shake things up as well, and um, I think there's you know there's one thing we can guarantee that will be exciting um, or, or maybe traumatic, but I guess they're they're basically the same thing. Um, but ultimately, it's it's disappointment, and it's we just we just we aren't living up to our our potential, um, both in terms of players, you know, budget, facilities history um you know heritage all those kind of all those kind of things we just simply aren't living up to to expectations it's been 13 years since we had silverware and that was in the form of 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 a challenge cup we had a really good opportunity to change that this season we didn't do it we should have done it um and so it's ultimately hollow um you know that all those kind of those positives that, that that you feel and i think that it, it, you just feel like it has to improve, but again, it just feels like we say that all the time. So yeah, it's a similar kind of feeling for, for me of, of of looking forward, but also with with a certain degree of um, of, of of dread. <laughs> I mean, I think that that yeah, I asked for the supporters three word review on Twitter, and I think that was echoed um, by the fans. So Chris Horn said, "Same as always." Ed Scott, another year building. Um, Rob Jones, not good enough. Stand up Bath, didn't enjoy it. Rob Rush, huge underachievement, comma, uh, hope. And Paul Pomery Finch, same old mediocrity. Um, and I think, yeah, it does kind of feel a little bit like, you know, every year there's that hope of some things going well. But I also think I want to touch on a point that a few people brought up, Tom. I think you you brought it up there. So Mike Piggott says, Reed Bayless, Ajoma, and Nick Price says, Academy coming good. And I think those probably are the green shoots that, that people are, are excited about. I think, you know, Miles Reed, Josh Bayliss in particular um, were, were outstanding this season. But I think another thing, I don't want to be too negative, but another thing which has just been hugely disappointing for me this season, you know, for every Miles Reed, there's a Max Wright. For every Josh Bayliss, there's an Ollie Fox. You know, Gabe Hamer-Webb, Darren Atkins, Max Green. You know, yeah, we've seen a couple of guys come through, but I, I really think it's also been a, a season where some progress has been stopped by by guys that I just don't think should have played as much rugby as they did. And and I think, you know, those guys that I mentioned, I, it's just so disappointing that, that yeah, we've seen maybe um, a couple of guys come through. But I also think that it could have been better. And, and because the season was kind of spiralling so spectacularly, badly why not give these guys more more game time and, and I think 
yeah, there's been some good academy stories, but I think there's also been more stories of academy guys' development almost being halted this season, uh, and that's been hugely frustrating for me. Yeah, I think, well, Max Wright's obviously, he has he was injured earlier on in the season. Um, he's a player that I think would have would have certainly featured without that that injury. Gabe Hammer-Webb is, is one that I think, I think, well, the same goes for Darren Atkins as well in terms of the injury. Um, and then he was obviously sent out on loan with with um, with Max Green, who is another one where I, I don't really understand why he wasn't given given more of a go. And yeah, Gabe Hamill Webb's a strange one. I don't know if he's been if similarly. He did have an injury at some point, but it, like he's definitely been fit as well because he's played in when we played those um, Bath United games. He's played in those. So yeah, and I think part of it is that you know obviously Bath United. Um, essentially didn't happen this this season um, and also the Premiership Rugby Cup which is usually kind of um, stomping ground for those kind of guys that you mentioned hasn't happened as well so I think potentially in in a more normal season we would have seen seen more of those guys and I, I think to a degree you need to you need to balance um, experience with youth there is there is a fine line between just chucking all the kids out there and, and doing more harm than, than good um, but I think I think it, I think it's a, it's, it's, it's it's a good point Okay, um, should we move on, Tom, to some awards for the season, some Bath Rugby Plug um, awards? And I think maybe that's the negative stuff dealt with for now. Um, I don't think we can be too negative when we're giving out awards. Um, this is kind of Joe picking the, the best of what's happened um, this season. Um, and why don't you kick us off uh, with your uh, best fo- Bath Rugby Plug best forward? Best forward. So yeah, this is a difficult one because I actually I was looking through the uh, the the squad or I was just scrolling through the squad like crap, crap. <laughs> <laughs> there's, you know, there's 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 been a you know a fair few guys that have have, have come through and 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 really stood up. Um, and so I think in terms of honourable mentions, um, Miles Reed and Josh Bayliss for me were. You know, at times the only kind of shining lights, and they were the effort that those guys put in, often in a losing cause, and often when some of the effort that seemingly was coming from other players wasn't, didn't, you know, necessarily meet meet expectations. I think those guys were both were both were both brilliant. Um, Josh McNally as well, I think has had a has had a has had a real breakthrough season. Um, he's captained a fair bit as well, and I think has has really grown into it and fully deserves his his England call-up that he he has had. Um, and then the other guy, I'm going, I'm going for the players now, but Zach Mercer as well, we'll kind of come on to talk more about him, but he just he just missed out on it for for me. Um, and I've given it to a guy that we we did mention earlier, and then maybe a little bit of a controversial one, but I, I, I've given it to Beno Urbano. Mm. And I think I'm obviously biased towards props as well, but I think the main reason is I just think that he is pretty much irreplaceable in the in the team. I think we look a completely different outfit when he is on the field compared to, to when he's not. Um, he is one of the main carriers that we have in that in that forward back. He is often standing at first receiver and and giving a little ball out the the back, which at times has been kind of the only attacking move that we've 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 shown under Gervin Dempsey. That's all Gervin got in three years. Yeah. yeah. And in the scrum, he's just become much, much more dominant. And um, that's an area I think that he's, if you look a couple of years ago, he's improved massively. So, yeah, I think he's been, he's, he's been fantastic. He was obviously hampered a bit by that ban. Um, but, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a deliberate shot. And I, I feel, I do feel for him in, in, in that regard. So, yeah, Beno Urbano is, is my, 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 my forward of the season. Yeah, I'm, ha- I'm happy with that. I think I'd have been happy with any of the, the front row lads um i think yeah even though they may not have played as much um particularly at the end of the season i think when we play well um they're at the at the center of that so yeah i'm happy with that um i'll take best back um you picked a prop i picked a scrum half for this one um i don't think there's will many chudley. surprises it's fucking not it's not will chudley excuse me um it's uh yeah ben spencer i, I just think um we almost take it for granted uh, just how how good he is and, and how important he is. Um, I, I always laugh that you can tell when Hooper thinks the game is up is either kind of for Bath or uh, against Bath is whenever Ben Spencer um, comes off the field. Uh, I, I just think he's been incredible this season. Um, he should be in the England squad. He's just developed into a 
proper leader. Uh, We're a shadow of ourselves without him. And I think it's almost taken for granted, as they say, um, that just how good he is and just how important he's been for us and and shown again against Northampton Saints. Um, He's my player of the season, the back of the season. Uh, I I think he's been, you know, a fantastic signing. Uh, And I think if he he had um, kind of... Yeah, I, I think if everyone played as well as Ben Spencer this season, we'd be um, yeah, we'd be in the top four. I, I think he's been phenomenal. Yeah, and you, if you think about some of the key things that Stuart Hooper's done in the, the couple of years that he's been been at the helm, very close to the top of that would be agreeing the the permanent deal with with Ben Spencer, the three yeah. year deal that he's got. I mean, you look at a team like Bristol now, yeah. and Max Malins, Ben Earl, guys that have been key for them, are now returning to promoted. Saracens I think this would be a very different conversation and, and we'd be feeling much worse about the squad if Ben Spencer like those guys was now returning to, to Saracens because he's grown into such a key player um, and yeah hopefully for Bath for many more at Bath for many more years yeah that, that's right I mean it kind of just how good he's been if he was leaving now it would kind of be like well what what was the what was the point of that because he's he would almost have stopped the progress of, of fox and of, of green so yeah to get him on a permanent deal I, I think was you know was a fantastic effort from bath and yeah you know hopefully hopefully he can be part of a, a winning team tom how about uh, your win of the season win of the season um, I have gone for, I'm just trying to get the score up. Anyway, it was the game away at Sale. Um, I think I'd, I'd be surprised if you don't agree with that, G. So the win away, 27 points, 22, um, up at the AJ Bell Stadium. And it was a game, um, a Friday night game, um, you know, always a very, very difficult fixture, playing against uh, a, a Sale pack that was essentially... Uh, full strength, or they only had a kind of few guys missing, and we it was during, it was in mid February, so we had all our Six Nations guys missing, the international guys missing. Put out a relatively uh, second string side as a result, um, and and came through and ground out a victory in what was a hugely physical game. And I mentioned Miles Reed and Josh Bayless, that pairing; those guys were absolutely phenomenal and and stepped up for Bath in in you know what was I would say probably a you know a bit of a breakthrough game for. For, for both those guys. So, yeah, the, the 22-27 um, victory up at Sale, I've, I've gone for, G. I actually went for the... Uh, I mean, yeah, that was, that was a great win. And I think it almost felt like we were on the ropes at that point after a few bad results. And uh, and then kind of, I think it was just... That was the game after the, the Stuke and Jonathan Joseph um, yeah. incident with the, the coronavirus rule-breaking happened. So, yeah, that, that was a big win for Hooper. Um, but I've actually gone for for another away win, which was the Northampton Saints yeah. away win um, on a Sunday afternoon. Um, and I think that kind of the moment of the season for me was was Tom Dunn baying them to go for that scrum and then, then Bath winning the turnover on, on the scrum. And I think, you know, that was a moment where we, we did show some real character um, which we haven't done at all times this season, and I think that was a, a, a really, a really good win, a really good comeback victory. So um, yeah, I think I, I actually really enjoyed that one. Um, young player of the season, then Tom. Do you want to take this one or? Yeah, so I've gone for gone for Miles Reed. Um, I think it's very difficult him and Josh Bayless. I think we've mentioned them quite a bit. Um, and I think it could have gone to either of those. Um, but I think what tipped it for me was that in the official Bath Rugby Awards, uh, Miles Reed actually won Players Player of the Season, which I think is a, an incredible effort for, for such a young guy in such a competitive position at Bath. So, yeah, Miles Reed, young player of, of the season, um, which may be doing him a bit of a disservice even. Yeah, I think I, I, I went for, for Reed as well. I think he, as I said, has broken through massively this season. He is that kind of potential Francois low replacement. He's fantastic. He's a limper over the ball. Um, his work rate's incredible. And I think with balance with Josh Bayless in kind of the, the blind side shirt, I think that's a really nice, nice balance that we're 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 starting to get. I would also I was, I was also just mention um Orlando Bailey as well. I think given the injuries that we had to Priestland and, and, and Tian Schumann, the way he stepped up and performed really admirably coming in having not you know obviously played any Bath United or whatever this season I think was 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 brilliant and also Max Ajoma 
you know, he is, I think, been one of the real shining lights towards the back end of the season, coming in and playing with real, real confidence. Two starts, young player of the season. That's, well, that's uh, uh, honourable mention. <laughs> for that, just for that pass, that 20, that 20 yeah. minutes. Um, maybe, what about the surprise package of the season, Tom? There's only one 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 guy for this. That's the, the horse, friend of the podcast, uh, Will Muir. You know, again, in his first season of professional 15s, he has taken it. No, not, well, horses don't take to water, do they? Ducks take to water. <laughs> um, he, he's, he's been brilliant. As I say again, without those, um, the lower ranking games, the A games and the Premiership Rugby Cup games that McConaughey benefited from in, in coming through to the first team, the way he, is, he has come through, um, and um, yeah, uh, he, he's already kind of developing into a into a fan favourite and a and a and a top class winger. So plenty more to to come from him, I think as well. Yeah, I think that that's the right choice. Obviously, ended joint top try scorer with with Tom Dunn with seven tries in his first seasons. Fantastic. I also think that that Tom De Glanville should should get a mention here. Tom, uh, I just think he he just shows experience beyond his years, and you kind of forget just how inexperienced he is. Um, and I think he, he, he's he been fantastic, a, a rock this season at fullback. So I think he's been great. And um, then finally, one to watch heading into next season. Um, and I've, 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 I think I've picked a forgotten man. Um, I've picked Jacko Kutsia, uh, who's obviously come from South Africa. Um, and the signing was announced obviously quite a long time ago at this point. And he's been at Farley House for, for a period of time. And I think it's almost like Bath fans have forgotten about him. So I wanted to put him back on Bath fans' radar. How disappointing it's been to, to lose Zach Mercer, of course. But this guy um, comes with a lot of potential, 24 years old, big carrier, good over the ball in the breakdown. So, yeah, let, let's let's spin the Mercer thing positively and, and kind of look forward to, to watching what Kutsia can do in the blue, black and white next season. Yeah, I think that's that, that's a good call. He was on my list. The, the other guy I was going to mention, maybe a little bit of a bit of a left field one again some you know the last two months haven't probably been the best the best for him due to injuries and then um, you know lack of selection for for the Lions um, injury going into the the England camp as well a couple of weeks ago and that's Sam Underhill and you, you talk about a guy that was one of the players of the tournament in the World Cup him and Tom Curry were fantastic they were world class in that tournament and he has through form, injury, selection, various things, experienced a bit of a fall from grace. Um, but, you know, that charge down try against Northampton Saints that he scored just to get a little bit of, of, of I guess, just confidence and and just, just to, to get a try, frankly. And, and uh, I think he will be a guy that we see a real bounce back from next season. I think he will come out chomping at the bit, wanting to prove that he is every bit, still every bit as good as he was during, during that World Cup. And I think that, um, obviously, Bath fans and, and Bath more generally will be the beneficiaries of that. I think he is potentially, if he stays injury-free, going to be a bit of a star for us for next season. Yeah, I think that's that's a good shout. I think a strange season for, for Underhill. Uh, OK, let's move on, Tom, to talk a little bit about the players leaving uh, and then a couple that are arriving or promoted from the academy. Um, and first of all, uh, players leaving, nine players leaving Bath this summer. Um, five front rowers, Tom. So Ross Batty, Jamie Baati, uh, Chris Judge, Henry Thomas, and Jack Walker. Uh, a real change in that position is that kind of a, a bit of a, a sign that the, the replacement front row really hasn't kind of uh, lived up to lived up to the the, the, the standard set by the, the first choice. Well, I, th- I think so. I think if you well if you, if you take those guys in turn, I mean Ross Batty and and Henry Thomas. Um, well, Ross Batty obviously having who was on last time retiring rather than rather than leaving through injury. Henry Thomas, you know, whilst he's he's not retiring through injury, I think he has suffered for you know a couple of years really with with injuries, and he's he's to be honest never quite looked like he's he's back to his best. And I can understand why he would want a, a change in environment. And I, I I believe that he he will sign for for La Rochelle. So. Good on him. Go and um, enjoy the last few years of your career in in France and, and and earn a bit of a bit of money. Jamie Barty was injury cover, so kind of unsurprising that he um, will be will be moving on. Christian Judge is a guy that I think you know probably by his own admission hasn't quite pushed on in the way 
he he wanted. You know, he came in very much on a level playing field with with Will Stewart, and no one knew too much about either player. Stewart's obviously pushed ahead to international honours and is kind of a, a class player. Christian Judge has been kind of solid but unspectacular, um, and he he struggled to get regular game time behind Stewart. And then when he has, he probably hasn't taken the opportunity um, as 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 strongly as, as as he wants. So I can understand again him just wanting to go up the road a bit, and and hopefully he'll be a starter for for Worcester and 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 get some more more regular game time. And then yeah, Jack Walker's one. Mm. I didn't really see coming. It was kind of not really announced and then happened quite last minute. Um, but again, I think he's a guy that has, everyone's always said has massive potential and we've really been waiting to see that come through. We've seen Five glimpses. Minutes, I know, it's, it's, it's crazy. We've seen glimpses of what he can do, ball in hand at times. Um, but I think it, it's not been con- consistent enough. Um, and I can understand again from him at the stage he is in, he is in his career looking for kind of a new a new environment because, you know, having moved over to Bath and I think graduated from from the academy um, at the start of his career, he's not really known another environment. Um, but I think he's one that, I, I think it's probably, it's, it's best for both parties. I think he's obviously still got more to offer. But I think, um, you know, particularly with Jacques Dutoy coming in and showing that he's a, a really good backup hooker, I think kind of the time was right for him to him to leave. Yeah, and Tom Dowerty probably taking uh, that third hooker role uh, meant that, yeah, I, th- I think, again, probably a, a, a refreshing start for him might do his, his career uh, some good. Uh, the final four then, Tom, so Will Trudley, Reese Priestland, Elliot Stook um, and Zach Mercer, four guys that have, you know, four guys that you say were quite pivotal over the, the, the previous few seasons, particularly Stuke, Mercer and, and Priestland. I think guys that you, you'd almost expect to see in the starting 15. So, uh, yeah, guys which with huge um, kind of shoes to fill, I think. Uh, but I think I think all apart from, from Mercer, I, I kind of can see why, why they've been, been moved on. And I, I don't think they're necessarily playing their best rugby for, for, for Bath over this season. So, yeah, and I think we've got replacements as well for, for all those guys. So, yeah. before we touch on Mercer, a little word on the other three, maybe. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe Priestland to start with. I mean, I think he's had, he's had his ups and downs, to be honest. I think, he, you know, as we know, he's absolutely metronomic from the, from the, the kicking tee. And I think from, from Bar fans who've been fans for many seasons... That's been a you know a nice change after kind of enduring years of inconsistent place kicking with Butch James, Stephen Donald, um, even back to uh, Molly Malone, who was was relatively inconsistent from the tee, and then George Ford when he was at Bath was also missing um, kicks that he should have got. So that's been um, a real relief, and I think he's certainly been a good leader in the squad. I think that's pretty clear to see from the way he interacts with the players. Um, but I think on the other side of the coin, at times he's not been the natural playmaker that we've needed um, and I think you know it, it, it's fair to say that he, he possibly hasn't got the full potential out of the, some of the players outside him um, and if you look at uh, chalk and cheese signings Reese Priestland and Danny Cipriani are probably as far on the, the spectrum of fly halves as you could possibly get so it's certainly a change of, of tack from Bath um, but I think it's an exciting one and I think it will it will probably be one that um, allows the guys outside to 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 show what they can do a little bit more. But overall, he's you know he's I think he's been a, you know he's he's just been a very very steady customer. I think he's been a calm head and he's won us plenty more games than perhaps we we remember yeah. um, we remember right now. But um, yeah, he, he's had a good career at Bath. Has he taken? I think he's probably taken us as far as he could ever take us. I don't think he's a guy that that would ever take yeah. us to kind of the, the top. I think he is that that sort of almost like he's like this. He's the perfect fly half for the seventh place team in the league, and I don't think he could really ever get us any higher than that. And I think while Cipriani could potentially get us lower than that, um, I think Cipriani, uh, Schumann, maybe and Bailey have the potential to to kind of take us higher. And I think our ceiling is probably raised, but I think our floor is also lowered. And I think Priestland, the way he played almost got us to 10 wins in a season, Got get, can get you to sixth or seventh place. But whether he can take you higher than that, yeah, I don't know. But um, undou- undoubtedly a guy which has been a steady head. And then finally, Tom, um, Zach Mercer. And, and kind of, I don't think 
anything more needs to be said than we, we've said previously about Mercer. Um, but I think we should replay this clip, Tom, uh, of Zach Mercer commentating for, for BBC Radio Bristol. Uh, and this kind of underlines the, the passion that the guy had for the club and, and, and just what a, great, what a great bloke he was and why he was such a fan favourite. So let's relive this. I believe here, Ron, if we keep Fizz here, we will get the line. And it's uh, Jack Walker. Keep the ball. To be patient there. 30 metres from the left of the try line. It's so go, here we go, Ron. Barbation, go, 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 Who's that? Down the right-hand track into the 22. Bath recycle. Big carry. Come on, Jack Walker. Good carry. Jack Walker is tackled. Shetley. Now it's Princeton trying to get Bruce has talked to all the jumbo and said, come at me. <laughs> Shetley recycling it. Now it's right. Here we go. Burns goes out wide. Here we go. Tommy Homer. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. 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 Is he awarding it? Is he saying yes? He's got to award it! And, uh, well, we're As Willie Mercer says, award the try! There's no TMO here because it's not a televised game, but he is going to look at the screen, look at the Homer going into the corner. Try! Oh, that's a good try, that's a no-brainer. That's a clear score. Tommy Homer, how stunning work He's going to try. Thank you! And look at the screen by Wayne Barnes. Thank you, said Zach Mercer. And Tommy Homer makes it a brace to try for Mark. And how good is Tommy Homer being again Yeah, a complete legend on and off the field, Zach Mercer. Um, will be hugely missed. Uh, yeah, a, a great guy. It feels like he's played more than 100 appearances, but his 100th appearance against Northampton Saints on, on Saturday, uh, a brilliant guy. Um, and yeah, hopefully maybe he'll be back in the future. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think uh, just he's going to be a huge loss. And, and Kutsia, who I mentioned, has got, got huge boots to fill. Just looking, Tom, at the squad makeup for next season briefly, um, is there an area perhaps that, that you feel that we, we look particularly strong and an area maybe that we, we look a little bit weaker? Uh, well, I think areas of, areas of strength kind of fairly clearly the, the back row and the, the back three with the kind of the, the strength and depth that, that, that we've got there. I mean, if you just look at the back row, for example, Josh Bayliss, Jacko Kutsia, Tom Ellis, Toby Falatau, uh, Miles Reed, Sam Underhill, Mike Williams um, is uh, a pretty formidable um, formidable back row. And, you know, similarly in, in the back three as well. I think in, in terms of, there's a, there's a couple of areas, I think, where we're looking a little bit light. Um, I think the first, I think the first in the front row, really to my point earlier about the fact that we've clearly got a really good, um, uh, you know, first choice set of props. Um, but, you know, when it was clear that we were replacing Christian Judge and Henry Thomas, I was kind of hoping we'd get, a, you know, a big fish, oh, someone yeah. to come in and and really um, take that tight head position, which is such an important position by the, by the scruff for the next. So, you know, whether it was kind of a, um, you know, a, a Franz Malherber, the South African tight head, or... Um, a Vincent Cox steal him from from Saracens or even you know a Xander Fagerson from from Glasgow Warriors it just felt like someone like that to come in and be a real leader in in, in that position would be really important given the game that that, that we want to play um, so I'm a little bit disappointed by kind of the the resumes of the guys that we've brought in and obviously I, I haven't you know, I haven't seen them too much of them play, but I, I, ju I just think we needed someone to come in and, and really back up Paul Stewart, and I'm not sure that 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 the guys will will do that. I think you know we needed to bring in someone who was dominant, completely dominant at our best and solid at their worst. Whereas my fear is that we brought people in who are probably solid at their best um, and at their worst are probably you know going backwards quite quickly. So, yeah, that's, that's a bit of a concern. Um, the other one I was going to mention was second row, G, mm. where we've only got three listed guys. So Charlie Yules, Josh McNallion and Will Spencer. And, you know, that, that's, that's clearly not, not enough. Um, and is it Ewan Richards, I think, who is the, the, the guy in the senior academy that would, that would, that would fill, in, fill in there? But I actually think here, potentially, there's a bit of a silver, silver lining um, a guy that we've not spoken about really at all this season, but we know his quality is, is Tom Ellis. 
And I think when you look at that back row and and how much talent there is there, I think potentially next season is is when we will see Tom Ellis potentially transition into more of a, a second row from from back row. You know, he's a very very big guy now. He's he's still relatively mobile, but I think he's big enough and good enough in the set piece to to transition into a, to a second row. And I think that is probably the 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 way that we will see him getting more regularly, him getting more regular rugby um, in, as I say, what's a very competitive back row. Mm. And maybe Mike Williams as well, uh, a, a, a similar a similar type of player and, and a similar maybe option to switch. Or, or, or maybe we will see uh, Bath strengthen in that area. I was a little bit concerned by the fact that we kind of announced our squad for next season on, on the website, which suggested that, that that's it and it's kind of a closed shot. I was almost anticipating a, a replacement to come in for Elliot Stuke, who's leaving, um, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. So quite a strange one there. And I think you're right. We, we do look light in that area, just just in terms of sheer numbers. And, and you think of some of the guys we've let go um, in, in that position. So Levi Douglas, um, a couple of other guys in the academy that we let go at the beginning of this season uh, and now Stuke, Will Britton. Will Britton. Yeah, it does feel as though maybe that would be an area that, that we'd look to, to strengthen over the summer. Um, but yeah, I, I think if we lose yours to England, we, we do look extremely light in that position. So perhaps watch this space. Cool. Fantastic, Tom. Um, thank you very much for, for joining me again. Um, that is, we're going to take a break now for the summer. It has been a, a long season and a half of doing these podcasts. Thank you so much for, for listening uh, over the past year. Um, we really appreciate all the support that, that you've given us on social media. Thank you so much for all your comments. If you're a new listener or if you are been with us from the start, thank you so much for, for all your support. Um, enjoy the rugby over the summer. The Lions... Falatau, Watson, surely both going to start. And the England squads for the, the tests against USA and Canada, Yules, Abano, Underhill, Big Joe, McNally, Anajoma featuring hopefully in those games. So enjoy the rugby over the summer. It's going to be an absolute festival of sport. So, so enjoy it. Um, hopefully we'll see a defence coach added to the Bath ranks, which will be a huge win for, for Bath over the summer. And join us again next season. Hit subscribe and our pre-season preview podcast, which will be full of hope and optimism. I can absolutely guarantee it <laughs> will be delivered straight into your device. Um, thank you again, Tom, for, for joining me this season. Thank you to all the guests we've had. It's been a phenomenal year of doing this podcast. Um, and if you want some optimism, Bath fans, look at the table now, because with the season over, we're back at the top. <laughs> Stick behind the boys through thick and thin.